Hello, lovely listeners. Today is January 22nd, the year of our Lord, 2017. You are listening to Flash Black Radio. Shit you might have missed with most of the usual suspects. Opening up the show is me, Takia, a.k.a. T-Rich. Your boy, S-Double, Slim Williams is in the building. A.k.a. Uh, I forgot to, yeah, I should say Lee Bennett third, and then say A.k.a. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a little, yeah. Yeah, I was I was I was saying in my head and I realized I had to talk first. Uh so Lee Bennett the third, aka Da Vinci Parks. Yeah, that's how this whole recording thing works. You have to like talk out loud. That's cool. Yeah. You know. That'd be hilarious if people just like introduced themselves as also known as. Right. But they never said the first name. <laughs> they just say also known as. Hey. Hey. <laughs> just Mark. K Fire is never missing sleep today. On me. Also known as my little brother. Don't call me that. Hey, look, they don't know the first name though. So I'm they good. don't need to know first name. All we need to do is tell them a joke. You would you like to hear a joke? Hey, you know they want to hear jokes. They That's what the people jokes. are here for. Everybody likes jokes. They want to hear these jokes. That's what they came for. That's what they paid for. That's what we're going to give them. <laughs> jokes. Speaking of jokes. What's up? The inauguration happened on mm, Friday. That is true. And that was a lovely transition. Way to get us back on track. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I didn't watch it because nope. why the fuck would I? Nope. Um, and I was very disappointed because my significant other was at my house and he snuck upstairs to turn on the inauguration for a little while because I told him he couldn't. Oh, no, Rome. Yeah. I, I rescind my shout out. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't tell me until like after the fact because I was like, you did what? Yeah, see, I was actually at work. So uh, um, I, I missed all that. Uh, not that I would have watched it if I were not no. at work, but I was at work. So that happened. It did happen. I was kind of hoping something magical would take place, like some type of <laughs> some type of Hollywood type plot, where, it's like you know, somebody swooping, like, no, you can't do this. <laughs> Someone from the future. I, I don't. Perhaps maybe maybe Liam Neeson came in and like you know like you know just like like judo flipped a couple people and whatever uh, and just like you know stopped this shit from happening, but it didn't happen. So yeah, what I thought yeah. was interesting. Um, Kellyanne Conway. Oh God! Yeah. yeah. So she was talking her to Spicer. Chuck. I don't know who's worse. Well, I, I really don't. But I please, don't please proceed. Please proceed. She was talking to Chuck Todd um, on Meet the Press, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he was discussing the the what she said about Spicer about how he's like, nope, this has been like the most attended inauguration in the history of ever. <laughs> like no one has ever attended an inauguration more than the people that attended Trump's inauguration and the pictures were a lie and Kellyanne Conway came up with something interesting and said well he just presented alternative facts so that's what we're calling lies now alternative mm. facts mm. so if you all hear me using that even though I don't lie maybe I'll just find a reason to our, lie our alternative I lie every now and then it's rare our alternative if I, facts if I lie it's on something small like how you feeling I'm alright I might be like not feeling well or pissed off or irritated no. Are, are alternative facts uh, semi-accurate, uh, semi-exact? Uh, was, well, it's another no. Trumpism. They're just fucking lying. Semi-exact. <laughs> like, how can you be semi-exact? And That's then, not a like, thing. His his first address at the the CIA is where he. <laughs> he... Oh wow! All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake. Is that how you feel about life right now? All right. Wow. Another right. chai tea is tasty. Hand me the bitch. Even the second time. So we are humans and sometimes we apparently belch on these mics. Sometimes. Huh? That's what <laughs> we do. That's why we have guards for instances like that. When they sneak up on you. Yeah. Is that what it did? They snuck up on you. <laughs> <laughs> like Liam Neeson? Yeah. Hey, look. That belch had a special set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> Set them up and knock them down, bro. <laughs> All right. recovery. Yeah, All right. Give so her alternative, a alternative Give facts. We're going to let her get back to it once she recovers. <laughs> did that come out of your nose? If it did, that's like a, that's a first. And it's hilarious because these different these different people in Trump's, uh, let's call him, call it Trump's group, Trump's, you know, consortium, Trump's, I don't, I don't know what we... Want to call the, this group of people who Trump's clan, who were here, his clan, whatever. Trump's troop. How about they, that? They all like Trump's troop. Yeah, they they all take different approaches to lie, lying, and or misdirection. So it's funny. Kellyanne Conway, she usually deflects, misdirects, 
uses distraction, you know, Trump, Spicer, they just they just outright lie. They just say something opposite to what the truth is. It's Kellyanne Conway, and I'm asking this out of sincerity because I don't I haven't paid a lot of attention to her. I've seen her more in the, in the last couple of weeks, I think, than I have prior, which is whatever. You're you know. lucky. Um, is she similar to Sarah Palin in some regard? Is, is it just me that's seeing that? They, like her intelligence or her seeming intelligence? Is, is in the same, I think Kellyanne Conway's ability to deflect with such immediacy is that's an indicator of a higher mm-hmm. intelligence to me. But um, her, when I've seen her deflect, has been so like, are you like really? Yeah. I mean, to me, yeah, it's, but that's just, just how. But I the ability, even acknowledgement to, of the fact that she should deflect until she can kind of like come up with some fair enough crap yeah. like fair, alternative. That's, that's why I asked. I'm asking like, partially out of ignorance. No, no, no. I don't think she's a stupid person like Sarah Palin. Um, yeah, Sarah Palin. Like, she's had. Sarah Palin has had legitimate like brain farts, you know, while she's on video. Ally Rick Perry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oops. So I like I just think there's this and, and keep in mind, I think that, you know, at a certain level, we're dealing with people who have some degree of intelligence just because you have to 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 be successful in a political climate, you have to have some ability to manipulate people. And that requires some degree of intelligence in order for you to do that. But only if you're good at it. I think, I'm she's, not I think she's sure. very good at her well, job. Yeah, oh, yeah. Conway? Oh, yeah. I'm not, I, was, yeah, yeah. I was speaking specifically to even Even that. Sarah Palin. I think Sarah Palin has enough intelligence to be able to manipulate. And remember, in politics, you don't need to be able to manipulate well, she, all people. I thought, I you just she need just to be did able like to really petty, like, conniving things, like when she was in office in Alaska. She just, like, you know, would just outright fire people just because she didn't like them. Yeah. That's what I've heard. So that's why I'm saying it like that, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know this because I didn't care enough to vet. Yeah. And I, I have not vetted a lot of information about Sarah Palin. I only know Sarah Palin from what the, the, the presidential right. campaign right. Uh, when she and ran some Fox with John clips. McCain's yeah. uh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. There's that also. So, uh, the, so the video so. the video of Sarah Palin, Palin indicates that she, you know, she or her handlers knew the right things to say to garner the support of the right people. Um, and I think the ability to execute that is a sign of intelligence. Even Donald Trump, you know, Donald Trump displays signs of intelligence in certain regards. He doesn't have a massive vocabulary, but that's not intelligence. Uh, Donald sure. Donald Trump knows how to manipulate a narrative and manipulate people. He Which knows how to do that. Why he's the president? Yeah, yeah. So, so DeVos, Sadly. what do we think? Because I'm I, from seeing her her confirmation hearing. And seeing how Elizabeth Warren completely, and Elizabeth Warren wasn't the only one because Al Franken got in her too, but Elizabeth Warren uh, was masterful in how she handled DeVos. She like she would give her like some information and tell her basically like this is facts and ask you how you feel about it. And then she would let her like do an open-ended question and then dismantle her after the open-ended question. So what are, what are, what are your thoughts with DeVos? I mean, I'm, I'm not impressed with her either. And she seemed very just... Not surprisingly, out of her depth, but it was it was it was actually kind of scary. She seemed Ben Carsonish out of her depth to me. Yeah, I I, I just she, it's becoming apparent between between her history and lack of experience in the educational realm professionally, her lack of experience with public school education personally, and what seems to be her inability to even use correct grammar when she posts a, a tweet. Right. <laughs> like, I just, I don't think. The inauguration? Yeah, that, I, yeah the inauguration. The historical. The historical. Inauguration. <laughs> instead of historic. And swearing in ceremony <laughs> yeah. for the 45th president of the United States of America. I don't think she should be anywhere near the education of America's children. Um, but I will say if you are uh, on the conservative side of the aisle and you are an oligarch in this country um, and you want to that's keep... A, that's a very, very small... Like We went from conservative, which is a large swath of the American uh, uh, republic. You know, mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who consider themselves to be conservative, although some of them might not actually fit explicitly within that demographic. Right. 
there are a lot of people that consider themselves conservative. Right. Conservative. It's a wide range. But yeah, yeah. once you throw in the oligarch thing, that completely changes the entire math of this of, the, of that statement. And that's why I said both. Because right, right. they're two different they're two different groups well, of people. If, if you're they're two different categories like of people. That, that doesn't change like that most of us are still in the same, you know, relatively the same. Most of us are making two hundred and fifty thousand or less in our for our households. Most well, of us. If, the, if that's the case, the reason privatized I make, schools are not going to be the way to go, which is what she wants to do. Well, the reason I'm making that point is uh, if you're a conservative or if you're an oligarch uh, or if you're a one percenter, um, if, you're, well, if you're a conservative if you're an elite, oligarch, you are one If you're an elite, then the reason why you're in your position right now is because there's been a concerted effort to keep people uneducated and undereducated and misinformed. So it's good for you that somebody that has no business in charge of the education of American children. Because your kids are going to be straight anyway. Yeah, your kids are either going to be as dumb as they have been or they're going to be in really good schools as they have been. Uh, So if the goal is to maintain privilege and maintain status quo and all these things, then yeah, put uh, Betsy, is it DeVos or DeVos? DeVos. 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 Uh, That's the way I heard the the senators referring to her on on the confirmation. I don't know. I just know that. She, She has no business there, but uh, if you're of the mind of Donald Trump and uh, you know those who support him, then she's a perfect choice because the uneducated, the undereducation, that will either stay the same or get worse <laughs> under her tutelage, under her purview, under her management. I mean, not too. She the, won't be tutelage in anybody. Well, the, yeah. <laughs> no, no one will be tutelaged under her. Yeah. She won't be too. She won't be too legizing. Didn't she say that guns were in schools because of grizzly bears? Grizzly bears. Well, I would. She was saying that that would be <laughs> a legitimate reason as to why you would have a gun in a right. school because she couldn't even commit to the idea of maybe guns shouldn't be in school. And I, I hope that she understood the depth of the question that was being asked by saying sure there's that. violence in schools, you know, and we want to keep our kids safe. Would you not agree that we need to do everything we need to do to get guns out of our schools? And take measures and steps to do that. And I guess because she feels some type of connection or obligation to the NRA, she couldn't even bring herself to say that for the sake of our kids, we need to get guns out out of our schools. So she went some random, some place in was was it Wyoming or something like that? If they had grizzly bears, like really, really. And even uh, still, thanks, you know, for me, a gun conversation is it's always a really nuanced conversation. There's some general points that you can make that everybody can agree with uh, on a general basis. A statement like, should we keep guns out of the hands of criminals? Should we keep guns out of the hands of domestic abusers? You know, everybody should be able to agree on general statements like that. But a statement like, should we have guns in schools? I think that's a nuanced discussion that you need to have. Because who has the guns in schools? Are you talking, Why about, do you are have, you talking about paid security versus yeah, exactly. you know, privatized security? Exactly. You, know, you got to look at the details of a discussion I, I, I like get that. that. I don't think you can was, just say generally. But she could have, you know, if that were the case, she could have made that argument. Because that's the first thing that I thought of. Like, well, if you're talking about somebody who's in there as paid security to protect the people within the school, mm-hmm. that's another thing. Uh, but And this is why she should not be in charge of education. Yeah. Because if she can't come up with something like, and this is what I'm saying, Kellyanne right. Conway can Kellyanne come up with something that like shit. that. Uh, when she's, when a, a question, when there is no correct answer to the question that's been posed to you, Kellyanne Conway can instantaneously deflect <laughs> and give you an answer that's not answering the question but the mental calisthenics that are necessary to come up with the answer that she does give you is reflective of some she's intelligence. She's not answering, but she's not not answering. Exactly. I, I just, she's I giving just, you an answer. It's yeah. irrelevant to the question. Right. She's giving you an answer. <laughs> yeah. Betsy the De- So it should be, a, it should be a, a answer. I don't know, like with two ways, like, like anti-answer or without it, it, answer. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's know. an alternative answer. There we right. go. Like alternative facts. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. uses alternative facts to give alternative answers, and they're all semi-exact. So. <laughs> Well done, sir. Well done, sir. If there's the board, you're on it. Tip it to cap. So that was the uh, the fuckery that occurred on Friday. 
However, yeah. was that all that I, I heard that uh, within an hour of well, that's president, what I was about to yeah. Uh, voting. Please, please no, proceed. I'd okay. rather you do it actually. You know. I didn't. I didn't read the whole thing. I read a part of it. Um, there were some things scrubbed from the White House webpage about LGBT rights and civil rights and military the, families. And was there some, one other thing? There's also him advertising his wife's jewelry. Oh yes, the on jewelry the, line. The website. There was a. Here's the thing. When I read it, okay. I thought it was strange, but I didn't. I was just. Can I, I just, just? I'm sorry. Go can ahead. I just say how weird Melania and Donald look together? I don't think she. She doesn't look like a happy woman. Oh, I, somebody. Like I think it was uh, Rebecca Dupas. Shout out to. Uh, Rebecca Dupas, uh, uh, very talented artist in our area, uh, and friend of the friend of us. I can't say friend of the show yet because we haven't had her on yet, but um, she'd be good for the show. Uh, but she had a, a Facebook post uh, where she ended the post by saying. It's just such a departure from seeing the Obamas yes. and how much they like each other and how much they get along and how it looks like Melania Trump doesn't even like Donald Trump. <laughs> like, I mean, like I, I, cha- she I turned to the- be more like a like, like just like a side, like, side, like a piece of adornment for uh, him. Just say this is my wife, but no, like I, <clears throat> I happened to turn to CNN on Friday because I was trying to see if they were showing any coverage um, about the protests that were going on. And when I turned, they were showing Donald and Melania dancing, and I I got stuck because I was confused, and it just it looked so weird and awkward. And the song, if you listen to the words my way, was like very fitting and scary about just this is it, this is the end, and I bit off more than I can chew, and in the end, I did it my way. I mean, it was a very fitting song, but it was just that's because people don't really pay attention to the lyrics of songs. So you have it, to pay it's ironic, to the lyrics, yeah. man. Yeah, it's ironic. You're just like, oh, we're just gonna do Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. This yeah. is a fitting. No, is it? No, but it is. Was but also, she just looked. I just wanted to be like Melania. Just blink twice if you need help. Yeah, which also I want to throw out there. If you look at the dynamic between Melania and Donald Trump and how uncomfortable and awkward and how detached she looks from him and vice versa, mm-hmm. and you compare and contrast that with how much of an affinity Donald has for Ivanka, mm. it's uncomfortable, dude. Yeah. Like Even when it's- they pulled up to the White House, he got out of the... the- vehicle and walked up to Barry and Moan was like, hey, what's up? And he didn't help her up the stairs or anything. He was already not, up there was, shaking hands. He wasn't raised right. No, he was, raised he was not person. raised right, obviously. You know, they, they showed side by sides and when Melania was brought to Trump's side, and I was like, hey, yeah, it's cool that you're here. And then when they brought Michelle to President Obama's side, and, and you saw him kiss her hand, and like you know, exactly. like hey, you know, exactly. It's a different. It's a he's a he's a different type of dude. I don't really think he really, marriage is not really something that I think he really cares about, Mm-mm. like in the way that people traditionally care about marriage. Those who do care about marriage, there's some people who don't. But to me, it's just kind of like he doesn't seem like the person really like really believes in the institution of marriage. So I don't really understand why he does it. There's a. There's a you never know what's actually going on in somebody's relationship, right? You don't so you don't know what's going on between them. And I'm I'm speaking strictly yeah, yeah. as mine who's speculating. Yeah, yeah, and based on what we're seeing, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And we can look at we've had eight years and a little before that, um, because uh, President Obama was a senator before that. So he and when he spoke at the convention, he got thrust into the national spotlight. Yeah, yeah. So for a couple of years before, so like the past decade, we've been able to see. President Obama and uh, First Lady Michelle Obama interact with one another, and they appear to be a loving couple. And does not seem disingenuous at all. It doesn't seem disingenuous. I believe it, but I'm operating under the assumption that it's only what we're seeing, Mm -hmm. but they seem to adore one another. They seem to respect and enjoy one another. And, you know, we don't know what's real between Donald Trump and Melania Trump. Um, but it looks like, <laughs> and, and I'm just of the mind that there's a, as a, as a man and you know, some of this is socialization, you know, but this is the way I feel. And I exercise these things when it comes to, you know, my own spouse, I feel like there's a certain amount of respect and, and reverence that I'm supposed to show for my spouse and that she's supposed to show for me all the time, but specifically when we're in public. Yeah. <laughs> Even more so yeah, yeah. in yeah, public. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, can't let, you can't let any uh, any perceived uh, tension or exactly apathy be perceived. You know, you don't Because want what's that. between you and your spouse is between you and your spouse. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? So, I mean, 
There's certain there's certain things you may be having issues. You may not be agreeing on everything, but that's between the two of you, you know, and at least and you're supposed to put your you're supposed to put your best foot forward mm-hmm. when it comes to being and in And people public. pick up on stuff like that. I yeah. remember watching uh, this is years ago. I don't even know if this is uh, the, the I'm going to mention somebody. I know you're not a fan of. So just breathe to care. But I, I remember watching something. I can't remember when it was, but it was, it was years ago. Uh, Steve Harvey was getting an honor oh, of God. some sort. <laughs> he was getting an honor of some sort. We can talk about Coons. no, no, no. I'm, I'm, no this is actually this is actually speaking to what we're discussing right now. And um, he was sitting next to his. I don't think it's the same woman as his wife, but I, he was sitting next to his wife, and they they were speaking about Steve Harvey. So you know when you're in an award ceremony, or whatever. Every now and then they'll pan out to the honoree, and you'll see them. You know their their reaction as they're being honored, and you also see the person that's sitting next to them, right? And I uh, I was watching it with the homie Lynn, and she's like, "Yeah, they just had an argument." I was, I'm looking at her like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Yeah, she's pissed off at him." I was like, "Man, how the fuck did she pick that up?" It was just like, "How how did?" But it's just like, man, it's that energy, those vibes. Yo, I mean, when I looked at her, she did not look thrilled at the time. And he looked kind of tight faced. You know, it wasn't one of those things like, you know, you see people when they're about to get a reward or whatever, a lot of times they look very happy. They look, you know, you know, but not like that didn't look like happy. So, like, I can kind of understand why now she could have been off base. That's possible that she was incorrect. But at the same time, I believe that her perspective was interesting. And I believe, like, okay, it's a possibility what she was saying was accurate to some degree. I mean, you it might have been semi exact. You could all, you could always misread, you know, Indeed. visual cues and body language and all that stuff. But that stuff is pretty consistent, I think, from a psychological perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so, although for I, me, I, when I cross my arms, I'm actually not deflecting; I'm actually processing. So it doesn't; it's not 100 percent universal. I'm aware that when I cross my arms, I'm thinking. But I mean, just I mean, just to make it like a, a more local example, like if Slint, just because I'm I'm using you because everyone knows how much Use you love your me. wife. Use <laughs> me, huh? So Slim and Shay walk in, and you know he's like escorting her, and he's holding doors for her, and you know making sure she gets up the stairs appropriately. You just walk in, like, hey, what's up, homie, and. Ty is just kind of like lingering behind. People are going to pick up on that immediate difference. That, that Not to say happen. that that happens. I, I, I was just using a local she was, she was using it. No, no, I just, just want to be clear. Yeah, I, I want to be clear. Everyone right. knows that Lee loves his wife yeah. as does Slim. They yes. both love their wives. Yes, and we're, we're, we're sad sacks when our wives are not here. They really are. <laughs> yes. They're really, really it's pretty sad. bad. I, I got another comment from my, my sister. Really, she called like, yeah, like really you, you and Slim look terrible. <laughs> you guys were you guys were so sad when your wives weren't home. Really I was like, like, dang, it was that bad? She's like, yes. I was like, okay, Slim was a little bit worse than you though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I experienced uh withdrawal. genuine anguish yeah, when yeah, my your wife dopamine was away. levels plummet yeah, when she's gone. It's, I it's bad. I knew my wife was coming back in about a day. You had a couple more days on it than me. Yeah. So I knew my, my sentence was coming to an end. Heroin ain't got nothing on y'all's wives. Hey, <laughs> she got me open. She got my wife. She put it on me. You know, Speaking you of know amazing wives, <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to Michelle Obama's faces. Because Michelle, let y'all know, you know what? As of noon, I was no longer Flotus, and I'm going to let y'all know I'm mm-hmm. not interested in this bullshit. What you can do is have this shade. She was doing that before. But she was all day. She was all day yesterday. It was all day. Melania walked up with that box. She looked like, bitch, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Because I might hate this fucking box. What am I supposed to do with this damn box? Plus, it's got to be exasperating for uh, First Lady Michelle Obama, who will be my First Lady for the foreseeable future. For your life, Michelle. Um, I just want you to know that. To deal with- Say whatever they want about Barack. Just don't talk about Michelle. To deal with the classless, baseless (laughs) comparisons to this, you know, false ideal- of a first lady, which she actually did successfully embody, but because of their whatever biases people have, couldn't see that. Uh, oh, her arms were too right, right. Toned. For her to be experiencing well, those things for nearly a decade in the White House, and then to have, by comparison, whatever Melania Trump is, uh, and to be the antithesis of everything they say. They say they want in a first lady, and for her to get 
a, just to get a pass, you know. And even some people take it even further. They don't give her a pass. They say, "Oh, she's every. It's going to be so great to have like a classy first lady to have a real woman in the in the White House." And this is like had such a classy first lady since Jackie Kennedy. And so then for Michelle Obama to actually deal with that for eight years and then to see see who's coming in. To replace uh, her in that capacity, might, might I, I would throw shade too. Might, might, <laughs> I, might I add this though? I, I think Michelle Obama, in particular, is savvy enough and intelligent enough to understand that this is just like the first day, and I think she understands that the truth finds a way of revealing itself, even for those who don't want to see it. Now, what they do when the truth is fully in plain view, what they do with it and how they're going to deflect, because we know it's going to happen. We know it's coming. I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced that Donald Trump is not going to make it to full term of this presidency of, of the first term. I don't think this is going to happen. Right? I'd be surprised if he makes out of the first year without them trying to impeach him. That's just my opinion. That's just what I believe. So I believe looking at this you know, from a healthy perspective, I don't think that Michelle is really tripping because I think it's all going to bear itself out when they start having to like try to play, uh, try to coddle things and try to make things seem as something more than what they are in order to make up for the disparity between she and President, uh, uh, excuse me, First Lady Obama. I just don't, I don't, I don't, it's not a comparison. And here's the thing, I'm not mad at Ivanka. Ivanka really doesn't seem like she wants to be part of this process at all. <laughs> you, like she's just Ivanka trying, or Melania. Um, Iv- see, that's funny. I'm sorry. That's funny that I did that. <laughs> that's because which, a, which one is his wife and which one is his daughter? Melania. I'm not mad at Melania. Melania does not seem like she wants to be in part of this at all. Melania's like, like, I'm going back to New York. I feel like Melania is about this. her child. That's what Melania feel like she care about. She's like, I'm just gonna stay on a low with my child. I really don't want to be involved, and like, I don't think she's gonna want to be doing all those speaking engagements that are uh, the first ladies often required to do because she has to always show her well, face. Would that be Ivanka since she's going to be occupying the first lady? Supposedly, office. Ivanka said that's ridiculous that she would be the first lady. I mean, that's what she says. You know, I I don't Not know. I think there a lot, I think a lot of dynamics are going to are, are going to. Change as a result of this presidency, they already have, and um, I don't know where it's going to go, but it's going to be an interesting ride. So, yeah, um, boo, yeah, <laughs> we want to transition Shame. to talk about yesterday, Mister Mister. Oh, the women's march. Yeah, let's talk about that. We'll uh, talk about how the, the long coverings. So, <laughs> on the National Mall, for the first time they've been covered ever. Let me be clear on this. I was listening to NPR on Friday. And I, on multiple occasions, heard them say on NPR that Metro was running great. And this is during the inauguration that Metro was running wait, running great. And it there was didn't seem to be any more volume than a normal workday. I've never heard that in an inauguration before. And I've been catching the train during inaugurations <laughs> for uh, a couple more, more than a couple of decades now. Mm-hmm. All right. I've been catching trains during presidential inaugurations. And anytime I'm talking about Clinton, Bush, Obama, Metro has been insane. I've never heard anybody say it's just normal, normal ridership mm-hmm. like a regular workday. All right. So you figure there's some trade off because a lot of people didn't actually go to work because they knew the metro was going to be bad. Uh, Normal ridership was all the people who were going for inauguration activities or protest of inauguration activities. Um, To the contrary, on Saturday for the Women's March. I saw pictures of the metro. Metro was insane. It wasn't just metro. It was Baltimore just to get to just to get. Yeah. Traffic was insane. Sane. Now, I will say the parking gods smiled upon us because we did. We looked at ways. We looked at the map of the block streets. We looked each other in our eyes and said, you know what? We're going to drive. Let's see what happens. We ended up getting a parking space as soon as we got off of uh, as soon as we got off of 395 three blocks from the from the uh, march route where the oh, march wow. route started that's what's up you know why because people don't read there are parking spaces that clearly say uh 
um, service vehicles only during a specific from time. Monday through Friday, right. and it was Saturday. <laughs> and so we're, we're pulling up to the space and we see an empty space and I see my wife looking at the space and she's kind of just like mumbling to herself as she reads it and she says, Slim, 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 park right here, park right here. And I say, oh, this is a space? Yeah. We pulled into the parking space. You get, I understand though because DC It was magical. That's what I was going to say. Like, DC the thing makes about, people like, nervous. DC, Look, we were surrounded signs by on signs. we were surrounded by vehicles and people you know, and block streets and cops and everything. And here's this space just sitting here like it was waiting for us mm-hmm. the whole the whole day. That was spectacular. But then we get there and we weave our way, you know, from the car through the people over to Independence Avenue where the stage was and the screens were uh, for the speakers and the, there was a couple of performances. Um, and Independence Avenue was packed curb to curb, building front to building front with some people on the roofs of some of the museums wow. over there. And uh, when they started showing pictures of aerial shots, they were showing pictures of the mall and many of the people were on Independence Avenue, which is not on the mall. It's on the opposite side mm-hmm. of uh, Air and Space Museum. So when I started hearing numbers like 500,000 people for the Women's March, I was like, there's no way that could be accurate. When you just when you say that Donald Trump had 700 to 900 people, 700 to 900,000 people show up for the presidential inauguration. And then you look at the pictures of how that looks on the mall. And then he didn't have that many people. And then you say President Obama had 1.8 million People show well, you, well, you up for heard, one of the inaugurations, you heard, and you see the pictures of how that looks. Yeah, well, you heard how Spicer did. He said, from this area to this area, it holds two hundred fifty thousand. From this area to this area, it holds another two hundred, and then from this area, from this area, it holds two hundred fifty thousand. So just because the area holds two hundred fifty thousand doesn't mean that that was full. To but they yeah, and they 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 weren't. I filled. know, but I mean, they but that was filled. his logic. So we said this area holds that. So by definition, this that, if you have one person in that area, it's exactly. filled exactly. <laughs> that well, that was pretty much the logic I that mean, he presented. My hand can hold like a thousand dollars, but right now it's empty. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but look, if you put you a dollar in your hand, it could be then thousand. you're holding the thousand dollars, right? Because my hand because can hold that's the capacity of your hand. <laughs> no, so it was like when I started, I just started doing the math based on what they were saying. I'm like, if you're saying he had seven hundred to nine hundred thousand people, you're saying, and I know how that looks, and you. Excuse me. And you're saying President Obama had 1.8 million people. And then you show me pictures of how that looks. And then I'm physically at the Women's March and I see how that looks. And then I see the pictures and show they're not even showing the pictures that show everybody that were there. I'm like, yeah, no, the Women's March had like a million people. They've always had suspect numbers because let me just say this. And their ridership was a million people. And the inauguration ridership was, was like 500,000 people. Was it 500? I think uh, it was 500,000. Okay, 000. I thought it was like 350. It was okay. like half a million. Okay. So well, let, let, me just, let me just say this. I happened to be at the Million Man March back in 1995, October 16th. Uh, they tried to say that it was maybe 700 to 750,000 people at the Million Man March. I was there. It was far more than that. It was more than a million. I'm not saying that to like, Conflate or I was embellish. also there, and I. I'm trying to tell you, I was there. <laughs> it was more than a million brothers down there, and was impressive. Uh, so I'm please, just please saying, continue. if you Let, look at the, the if you look at the aerial, I think, I think there if, were women at the million. Man. There were there were definitely women at there the were million. Women, women. I want to correct you because you said it was more than a million brothers down there. Oh, and I'm not saying that I didn't say there weren't women. I said there was more than a million brothers down there. I'm not saying that there weren't any women down there. I just said there were more than a million brothers down there. That's all I was saying. And even I'm if not, we. Not, even if we go away from the from the counts, um, the actual numbers of people that were there, um, one of the things that really uh, that really left me filled yesterday after uh, being a part of that, which I don't know if we could actually call it a march, 
Uh, <laughs> a gathering. Yeah, it was more like a rally because there there were too many people. The to march, march route was filled, which is crazy. Which so you couldn't you know, march. Well, let you know based <laughs> upon how what, what could be held in a particular time. If you know the street can hold but so many people, exactly. Then yeah, if you and can't even march to your route because the entire route, the entire route, exactly. is the, route the route is blocked. And then, of course, people are outside of the route too. Exactly. Uh, that lets we you... we ended up it ended up being a, a women's uh, rally and slow shuffle. Like it ended up with it. We didn't actually march. At no point in time did you ever get your full stride when you decided to start. <laughs> and marching. you're tall, so yeah, I know yeah. that didn't happen. Oh, it was rough for your boy. It was rough yeah. for your boy. But the energy that was there was fantastic. You know, having not just uh, the women there trying to show solidarity uh, with one another, but to see women of all kinds, women of all races, nationalities, and colors, and religions, to see uh, women in positions of authority, mm -hmm. to see uh, rape victims, uh, to see women who have uh, suffered the impossible arrangements of some of the reproductive restrictions that they've started to, that they've been suffering through. Um, and then to see the men and the, the sons, you know, and the uncles who all came there um, to be supportive of the women in our lives, understanding that, you know, the women are our lives. You know, it, it was just it was a spectacular moment. I got interviewed uh, by a young lady with Talking Points Memo. Um, and one of the reasons she one of the things she asked me was, you know, what kind of a what, what do you think? What do you think this will do? Basically, what do you think? What do you think the significance of something like this is? One of my answers was something of this size you just you it's difficult to ignore i said you can ignore it but it's difficult to anything that's at size and at scale there's mm -hmm. difficulty in ignoring something like that so you have to talk about it you have to acknowledge it you have to mention it when it's that big and i said the other significance is you know when you have to have conversations about this, this is i'm not just talking about in a public uh, in a public uh, arena, in a private arena. I said, I have a 16-year-old daughter. If I know that women are not treated fairly in this country and we have a movement to try to change that and I'm not a part of it, then what do I say to that 16-year-old daughter? That, you know, somebody needs to stand up for equal treatment of women in this country, but but not me. I, I can't stand up right. for equal treatment of women. women. So I said, that's why that is important. An actual march... What does the actual march do? You know, the actual march, people come together, uh, they celebrate our successes, but they focus on our challenges. They demonstrate, you know, people get roused, they share energy, but then after the march, they go back, you know, to where they're going. The point of the march is to rouse people to continue action. And I heard, I heard at least one speaker you know? mention that, which was, which was, I wanted to applaud personally, because I think sometimes that's what happens. Speaking from as someone who was at the Million Man March, I remember the tremendous swell of energy and pride it was when the first major throng, because when we left from Howard University's campus on the yard, it's maybe 200, 300, I don't know, it was a couple hundred of us, could have been 400, could have been 300, I don't know. But as we walked along our march to make it to the Million Man March, we picked up a lot of people along the way. And once we saw that major throng of people, which wasn't even the main body of people we just like you know we just come around into view and see a large strong people and they turn around and yell at us like ah it's like like spartan like that spartan pride like ah we just yell back like ah it was this great is that was that, that to me was one of the best feelings i've had in my life because at that moment i felt connected and that idealistic sense of you know black pride and you know american pride to, to a certain degree i'll say but you know being a proud uh black individual such as myself or whatever coming from high school being kind of you know looking at things in a particular way i'll say uh and seeing that and experiencing that that was like to me the biggest moment of million man march not the people that spoke afterwards i didn't really know how to at that time though take that energy back as you just mentioned and and capitalize and move that forward and i didn't really get that mandate in that direction to do that either so I think that's important that you uh, that that was mentioned. And I love I'm sorry, I loved how it wasn't just in DC that also had significant numbers. Obviously DC was the biggest one, but Baltimore had numbers. Baltimore, Chicago, Philadelphia, Chicago, LA. New York, LA, they were protesting at fucking Antarctica mm -hmm. literally. Mm -hmm. Um Iceland, Australia, London, like people all over the world were 
in solidarity with the women and men who were marching against this attack on women's rights that is probably going to occur. In effect, and we see the whole thing that the beauty of the women's rights uh, movement that was yesterday um, and that I, I believe will continue. Uh, it, it laid groundwork in one, re- in one respect, but also women's rights cross cuts every single walk of life because yep. women are the global majority. There's more women than there are men, which is, I think is a good thing. Uh, and, you know, there are black women, they're white women. Right. They're Asian women, they're gay women, they're straight women, they're women who are Christians, they're women who are Jews, you know. And so I think, and like, you know, that all of them were down there uh, expressing their issues. Now, here's one thing I want to ask, because uh, I tweeted yesterday that I was watching the march from home. Um, again, I was at the Me Man March. I'm not the biggest fan of large crowds. I didn't go to President Obama's inauguration the first time around. I watched every, not every single second, but I watched the vast majority of it. And it was a long process. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted to still bear witness to it, you know, and really soak it in, right? So watching the Women's March yesterday on News Channel 8, which is where I largely watched it, um, I noticed that there were a lot of women that got up and spoke, and a lot of them had different platforms. Mm-hmm. What was your sense? Because I saw the signs um, that people had that I know of people that went to the march. And the signs were, were awesome. Who were dying. There were some awesome signs. The signs were off the chain. Yeah, yeah. There we took awesome, a lot of pictures of A lot of, of creative signs. signs that were used. There was a lot of great signs. Yeah. And I saw, there's, I saw um, signs where a white dude was holding up a sign with a couple black women that, you know, uh, feminism, white feminism was on the back of black women or something mm-hmm. to that effect. Right. And it made it more effective that a white dude was standing there holding that exactly. sign. Exactly. Right? But- uh, to me, it, it's still, although it was a women's movement to to a certain degree, and I'm looking at this from an analytical perspective, it seemed to a certain degree that there was still a little bit of disjointedness. It, it didn't seem, I, I don't know if that's a word, it seemed a bit disjointed. Mm-hmm. Um, claim it. No, I'm not. I'm not. This is this is not. It's not. not going to be one of those Merriam-Webster words. We're not going to try that. Uh, <laughs> what was your sense? Because you were there, so I, I saw. That, you know, I come here, and then people saying I come here as a proud Muslim American woman, which is all good. I'm happy right. that they got a platform to speak. Right. I come here as a Native woman. Glad they got a platform to speak. Right. But you know, a lot of the I, I, there's one lady came and she was very well prepared. Uh, she's a black woman. She seemed like one of the key organizers. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, "I come here as a black American woman, uh, a black woman. Uh, like my 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 ancestors were slaves. They built this country. Mm-hmm. It's through their blood and all this stuff. I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, but it I don't seemed, remember names. But right. Yeah. Right. But that seemed in that speech, although I felt it because I'm a black man and I understand it and I can directly tie into that Mm -hmm. from my perspective it seemed like it was kind of excluding other people who can't relate to it so being on the ground Mm -hmm. could you give me a sense of how people reacted to that and were people kind of tuned in the entire time when they kind of tuning in when they saw people that looked like them and maybe had similar agendas so two things happened one thing was there were many different messages all women centered messages right but but different in feel and scope and specificity. Um, but they were all women-centered. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody was receptive on the ground okay. um, to, to everybody, as far as I could see. Right. Um, you know, the, you know, the five or 6,000 people in my immediate vicinity <laughs> who I could actually see and hear their responses and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody seemed to be highly responsive. And I think that's a positive of a situation like this is you have people get together and talk about different experiences mm-hmm. and talk about uh, how they're specifically unrepresented and underrepresented. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, maybe uh, a poor Caucasian woman doesn't have the experiences of a uh, of a middle class uh, black woman, right? But they're both still unrepre- unrepresented and underrepresented, and they need to have solidarity with one another. And now, so they, they need to hear about each other's experiences in a situation like this. And that was my concern. Scarlett Johansson got up and talked about some of her experiences with mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. and some of the experiences of her friends, um, the newly elected uh, uh, senator um, in California. I can't remember her name. Uh, yeah. 
she spoke really eloquently and she spoke about how when you want to talk about women's issues, we need to talk about jobs and we need to talk about the economy and we need to talk about healthcare because these are all women's issues. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that it, they everybody was very effective, but some people were really specific about what you can do when you leave. I thought my um Michael Miriam, Moore Miriam Ali was good at that yeah, too. And Michael Moore was very specific. Michael Moore was like uh, these are the numbers of rep- phone numbers of representatives mm-hmm. in these areas. Call them every day. He said, "This is your this is your procedure. You wake up, you brush your teeth, you you get the coffee, you you know call your senator mm-hmm. <laughs> or your congressman, mm-hmm. and you do it every day." Mm-hmm. And then a few people also said, um, "There are positions where you that you can run for. Mm-hmm. Run." For those positions. Right. And I think Run that's an important part. Office. Because I think what happens a lot of times is the presidential election becomes like the sexy election. Right. And so people don't think about these midterm elections where oh, yeah, these assholes. It's by design. Yeah, where these assholes are come are elected because no one goes out. No one pays attention mm-hmm. to these these vacant positions. Like we, we've already done our, we, we can like go to sleep for another four years. Right. I don't right. need to our do anything won. for four years because yeah. I voted for the president. But. When you look at the people now who are, who were so quick to get in and start dismantling the ACA, which is the same as Obamacare, but I think the people listening to this would know that. They'll but find out. I'm gonna let you know just in case you don't. But I have I have ACA. What do you mean I don't have AK? I don't have healthcare anymore. I, I have ACA. I just wanted to get rid of Obamacare. That's what that was. Oh. Oh. What? Why would they call it Obamacare? Never did. They never. That that's, that's you know that's your people. But anyway. Right. Uh, so I mean, this is I mean it, it it sucks ass for now and not in that good way, but like in two years. <laughs> Apparently, there's a good way. Oh okay. yeah. yeah, you want your salad tossed? Huh. Wow. In two Ooh. years, you know, <laughs> pivot, pivot. you need to be paying attention. And my significant other, bless his little heart, he has not paid attention a lot to politics, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to pay attention. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get involved. I realize, you know, this this matters, and in two years when you have to go out and vote in these midterm elections. I'm going to be involved. I'm going to be prepared. And I was, just, I cried a little bit inside. I was like, oh. Michael, Michael Moore even pointed out, he was like, uh, he was like, if you're shy, you can still run. You could run for like precinct delegate or something like that. He said, that's a good, that's a good position for a shy person to hold. Um, he, he was like, there's something everyone can do. All right. You said there were two points. So I want to make sure that you get to your second this, point. The second point uh, is not as serious a point. It's more about logistics. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody was incredibly receptive um, until they had been standing and listening to speakers uh, for about six hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had still not started. Got marching. a little rest. I saw how that started. <laughs> that, that's when the lady that I was talking about earlier was talking about my, I have ancestors that built this country. Mm-hmm. She came up and said, hey, look, we got some more speakers. Yeah. We're going to about 30 seconds and we're going to cut the mic off. And she actually did. They did that to a one person. Times. Yeah, yeah, like that—that yeah. that was the transgender woman. I remember, I saw that. Maybe it was somebody else, but it's a transgender woman who got cut off because she said, "I'm not going to take too much of your time." And then she sp- proceeded to talk for a good four and a half minutes before that mic went out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they started yeah. to there started to be consistent chants of March, 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 <laughs> March, March. So, and there was still like. You know, Janelle Monet was still to come up. Hilarious, and, by the way. Um, she was. She said, no, and no, we're gonna do this right. <laughs> took the took the microphone from uh, old girl. Alicia Keys. But while she was doing that, we were we had started marching, marching. away. Okay. Um and uh Maxwell was singing while we were marching away. Yeah, yeah. And Madonna was performing while we Did were marching away. Did you get a chance away. to hear Madonna? I'm glad you yeah, yeah. we heard, you yeah. got a chance to hear like, like I, she wasn't they a little bit over not, the top. They well, didn't know what she was gonna say on here, live Here's TV. the thing. Here's here's what happened. And this happened in the moment. In the moment. When Madonna made that statement about blowing up the White House, mm-hmm. uh, and then she continued on after that to talk about, but we can't do things like that. We have to love one another, and love is paramount, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody in our immediate vicinity was like, "Well, we hear the playbacks of this. Nobody's going to talk about how what she said about love and loving one another. Come, everybody's going to talk about her." Uh, saying we need to blow the White House up. Like, that's all anybody's going to say. And that's exactly what mm-hmm. happened immediately afterwards in the coverage mm-hmm. when they started to uh, report mm-hmm. um, on things people were saying at the march. So well, that's not all she said, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't, she, she, she said Donald, a lot. Donald Trump can suck a. I was like, whoa. 
Oh yeah, she she man. went ham. Like any dude is gonna be offended by that. I but can't you know even she's mad. she's British now, so she, you know, <laughs> she, she wasn't even using a British accent. <laughs> that's what threw me off. So I was looking at her. First of all, like for me, one of the things that's a telltale sign for Madonna, she has like a distinguished gap between her front teeth. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the distinguished gap, mm-hmm. and I didn't hear the British accent. So I'm like, who? She kind of looks like Madonna, but. I don't think it's Madonna, so I'm trying to figure out who this is. Hey, maybe who's she talking got, a really long time. She got a veneer. She got veneers, and it Pro- messed up her accent. She got an ass implant. So <laughs> she got an ass implant. Yeah. I don't pay attention to these things. I don't. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, she did. She was okay. doing a sad twerk with yeah. I think Ariana Grande or something. <laughs> but you know what? She was great twerk. yesterday. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was good situation. It was great. To be there, mm-hmm. um, I'm glad my wife and my daughter were with me. I had a I had a, a double sided sign that I made. One sign said "proud husband and father of two nasty women," and then the other side said uh, "real men heart nasty women." Um, and I, I think, but to piggyback off of something that Lee said previously about um, he saw a particular sign and it was more powerful because a white man was carrying that sign. I think for me as a man, you know, I had a post yesterday where I was like, I'm a patriarch against patriarchy. Yes. You know, that. like, I think it's important for men to stand up and say women need to be treated right women need to be treated fairly right you know i think it's important for white folks to speak out against white privilege and racism there was a yeah, guy a know? white guy that had a sign up that said okay white women we're gonna see y'all at the next black lives Ra- black lives matter rally exactly right? exactly and i think one and see some of that i, I thought that could be towing the line of being divisive i got the the center well, but i think but there I was think some stuff important. out there that was not necessarily divisive, but just saying that you know we we have similar issues and we also have some. Yeah, yeah. We, we know that I saw a sign that said, uh, "Remember, white women voted for Trump." Exactly. That's the that's the actual made me post that. Fifty-three percent of you. Yeah, yeah. And then there was like, but the lady was standing in front of like three white women, and like mm-hmm. they were taking a exactly. selfie. So exactly. So it's just kind of like one of those things, like like yeah, I get it, but like at the same time, I don't, is this the platform? That's why I'm asking. I don't know. I wasn't well, there. Why, why wouldn't it be the platform? Exactly. Because if, I, I if, that's why if we're talking about we're talking about women, mm-hmm. and fifty-three percent of white women decided. You know what? Let's go with trouble team Trump. They decided that, mm-hmm. and the odds that someone who voted for Trump was at the rally is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So if you see that sign, and it's an opportunity for dialogue, right? But is this but is this also opportunity for somebody to feel victimized by? Well, people can feel victimized all well, the time. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm not. Here's I'm not it. saying, I hear you. Okay, I think here's the middle. It. Here's the middle ground on that. Mm-hmm. People make the decisions that they make. Mm-hmm. If you make a decision. You need to be prepared to talk about and address that decision's negative impact or positive impact on you and other people, right? Mm -hmm. So if somebody has a sign pointing out a statistical reality, you know, that this demographic voted for somebody who who has been harmful to the treatment of women and will now be even more harmful because of the position he holds Mm -hmm. in our government, Mm -hmm. then we need to not only talk about how women are mistreated from the outside, but how how women do some things to harm themselves. All groups do that. Just like there's there's no group that self-polices more than the black community. The black community is the most self-policing group I've ever seen. But we don't even, believe in snitching, no. even though the statistics don't support it, we're always talking about we need to stop killing each other and we need to, you know, we need to pull our pants up and we need to we're extremely self-policing. Mm-hmm. So we talk about issues in the black community. We, we, here's we, can't, we talk about issues we and can't then we ignore. don't because we don't talk about damn finances, now do we? Well, that's a whole other thing. But go ahead. That, yeah, that's a different topic. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a different yeah. topic. But we we can't just talk about how we are oppressed by the oppressors. We also need to talk about the things that we do that are harmful to, to our own, to our own causes. And that's why I like to have nuanced conversations right. about every aspect of what you need to do. For me, it's not about respectability uh, politics. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying before uh, you can have freedom and before you can have equality you need to clean your own house i'm not saying that we're all people and you're born a person 
you're automatically born a person. Mm-hmm. So you're you're automatically born equal to other people. And then we socialize that mm-hmm. equality away with our racism and with our bias and with our gender inequality and with our homophobia and with that. We socialize all the equality away right. that we're actually born with. But when you're fighting to get back the the equality that that's be socialized there. away from you, right. look at everything. Look at what you're doing mm-hmm. to perpetuate your lack of inequality and look at what others are doing per- to perpetuate your lack of inequality. Okay, so I believe that you you adequately, you and Takia, adequately address what I was trying to drive at. Um, sometimes, because again, I wasn't there. I figure it's better for me to ask questions as opposed to speak as somebody who's an authority. I wasn't there. You mm-hmm. were. I'll go with your word. Um, but one of the reasons why I was asking that question is because I think it's known at this point that by and large, feminism is colorized. So there's, unfortunately, there, yeah, exactly. So there, there is an idea that white women's feminist concerns don't apply to black women's feminist concerns. And that feminism really maybe ain't a black thing. Maybe it's just a white woman thing. So my concern is, when you're looking at it, I I'm want- I'm looking at him funny. Hmm? I said, I'm looking at you funny. Look at me funny. It's fine. I'm just saying that to me from, and again, I'm a guy. So again, I'm, I'm again on the outside of this, of this conversation oh. to a certain regard. Uh, so- I'm looking at it from the perspective of I, I do believe that even when it comes to women's issues, that, that oftentimes is, 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 is kind of like, you know, what's good for the white woman, what affects the white woman and what our issues are. And it doesn't really in, include women of color. You know, so my whole thing is I want I want that conversation to happen and I want it to happen on equal footing and equal ground. So that was the reason why I was asking the questions in the manner that I was. So um, I think. From what I saw, there were a couple of people that stood out to me when I was watching. I thought um, Miriam Ali, who was Muhammad Ali's daughter, uh, was very short and to the point, but very good. Melissa Harris Perry. I, I really Melissa. dig that woman. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, let me tell you something. She, Harris, she also spoke at the Peace Ball. Uh-huh. And uh, I'll just simply say the Melissa Harris Perry, who sometimes goes in on MSNBC, but understands where she is in the mm-hmm. platform. So she has a certain degree of, of restraint, uh, of restraint. Uh-huh. Uh, at the Peace Ball. Um, I, I think we saw Melissa Harris Perry. No, we Melissa saw who Harris, she really yeah, is. I, here's yeah. the thing. I have a and crush I, on and Melissa I love it. Harris Perry. I have a crush on Melissa yeah, Harris Perry. Yeah, I just, I just, I, I just love and tell it. And like, like her... Uh, uh, Goodness, Michelle Alexander, just seeing her speak. Mm-hmm. I've seen her speak a couple times. And her writing. Yeah. Reading New Jim it, Crow. It, yeah. It's, so it's just like when I see that level of intelligence or whatever, and I, again, this is something that I gravitate to because I have been blessed personally to be raised by a lot of intelligent women. You've met some of the women in my family. So mm-hmm. I'm not just saying this because they're people in my family. I'm just saying because it's what it is. Right. So um, I, Melissa Harris Perry bodied. Her her speech or mm-hmm. her 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 talking points or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it right. for the women's march. So I have to see if that is on on YouTube because if it is, I'm going to add it. Okay. She had one line where she's talking about like you know, I count when I'm an embryo, but when I become a person, I no longer matter. Mm. Something to that effect. So it's just kind of like one of those things. It's just that that point, the way she did it, and the tone in which she did it, just struck a chord. Yeah, I was like, mm, okay. So I just want to read this something on Facebook. This is from a uh, another local poet slash uh, friend. Uh, I can't say the show because she hasn't been on the show yet, but maybe we need to have her on as well. True indeed. Uh, Miss DeBorja Blackwell. I call her Mama D. Everybody calls her Mama D. Yeah, yeah. I, I started calling her Mama D because I just didn't feel comfortable by calling her by her first name. I was mm-hmm. raised a certain way. <laughs> so I call her Mama D. It's just like I would call uh, Jamon's mother uh, Mama Bond. Because it's just like, I, I didn't feel right calling her by her first name. It's just weird to me. Right. So, but she put something on her on her Facebook page and it says, I reiterate, I had no access to birth control until I was married. For the first 25 years of my life, abortion was illegal. When I divorced, I couldn't get credit because even though my name was on quote, quote, things, it wasn't my responsibility because the husband is the breadwinner. For the first 25 years of my life, Women had to wear skirts, dresses, and stockings to work. And there is so much more, no going back. Mm. So if you think about that, and I think because we're men, a lot of times we don't 
think along these lines. But what you wear is scrutinized. What you do with your body is scrutinized. How you live your life is scrutinized. Uh, these are things that if they were happening to us, we'd have a major problem with it. So I was really happy to see that the march went off the way it did. Um, there are a lot of platforms that were at the march. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that somebody not only got a chance to see their own platform refre- reflected, but I'm hoping that they were able to adopt and appreciate some other platforms as well. Mm-hmm. And hopefully have some conversations that they can take back with them and really start building on. I'm fortunate that, you know, my my daughter is very politically minded um, and she looks forward to attending events like this. Um, and she's always energized to have more discussions about such things afterward. And we were speaking to her this morning uh, and she was telling us about, you know, some of the some of the conversations trouble me, not because of her perspective, but because of the uh, perspectives of some of her peers um, uh, to let you know that these these lessons of inequality are continuing uh, mm-hmm. to be perpetuated from gen- generation to generation. Uh, but she tells me about, you know, how, uh, she talks to her friends about abortion rights and, you know, talks to her friends about gender inequality. And, uh, I'm very encouraged by her perspective and some of the points she brings to bear, but I told her a word that she may want to use, uh, learn and understand and do research on is patriarchy. I said, learn that word. Um, this uh, American society, uh, was it's been founded and based in patriarchy, um, and it's the reason why uh, there is a wage gap. There's a reason why there's so much gender inequality. There's a reason why women suffer the effects of rape culture. Um, it's because of the patriarchy. Uh, to give an example that uh, uh, to piggyback on the example that Lee gave from the Borgia's post. Um, so. I would just encourage everybody to understand uh, just the way the same way this country was founded uh, and slavery. And that's why we continue to suffer the effects and impacts of systemic racism and white privilege. Um, This country was founded in patriarchy. And that's why women continue to suffer um, the impacts of gender inequality. You know, yeah. And men need to stand against it. Anything you want to add, Mm-mm. T. Rich? Mm-mm. Okay, so honestly, I think there's a lot I want to add, but I think we've been talking for a while. Yeah, yeah, we, we are over. No, 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 we are over time. It's, it's cool. It's cool. There's a, there's a lot that can be discussed, but I figured the inauguration and the women's march was going to pretty much uh, take precedent. Take precedence. Excuse me. <laughs> all right, okay, it's all. Betsy. I th- reading bad uh, text and Twitter messages has got me not able to speak today. Um, Lee, aka Betsy DeVos. Okay, aka the Betsy Parks. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. All right, uh, Slim Double Betsy Parks, yeah. right? <laughs> Slim Rich. Uh, yeah. So I, I just wanted to throw out a couple Tequila of things. Right. Yeah, I just wanted to throw out a couple of things, and we can, I guess, wrap up. The, f- the first thing I wanted to throw out there is we are we are in a new span of time right now. We're in a completely different era. We have to understand as a people the things are going to start changing in a lot of unpredictable ways. The one thing that we need to do as a community, and I mean by all people, if you're not a part of the oligarchs, as Slim often refers to them, if you're not a part of that, then we need to start uh, really looking to our trusted friends and confidants and family members, and we really need to start getting our money right because things are going to start changing and they're not going to be pretty. So I don't want people caught out there unnecessarily aware. So I want you to start really actively getting into the business of saving your money, building your wealth, and uh, looking to make investments. Real estate is going to be changing soon. So there's some ways to get in. Stock market is going to start changing. Oh, they already so. put in some changes for real estate. Yeah, that's what I was going. That's what I was going to speak to when you were talking earlier about the changes that were made. I was going not to the website. I was going to mention about how um, there's. Uh, primary mortgage interest mm-hmm. uh, statute that was reversed, which was saving homeowners on average about $500 a month, excuse me, a year, rather, pardon, $500 a year on average. That was reversed by President Trump, one of the first acts in office. So now people are <sighs> going to potentially be paying more for their mortgage interest. President, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I can't do Donald that. Trump. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the first time I actually call him President Trump, but that's what he is. Donald Trump. I get it. I get it. Uh, Trouble T-Rump. I wanted to throw that out there. Cinnamon Hitler. 
Also, on the, on, the, on the heels of saying get your money right, I want to remind people that if you listen to Flash Black Radio, uh, there are some uh, financial wellness podcasts that I've posted already. I plan to add a little bit more. I have one coming up soon uh, with one Mr. Pete Baycoat, who is a tax guru. He'll be uh, sitting down with us sometime in the near future, again, around tax time. If you have questions or whatever, we can start taking questions on that. A.K.A. Young Javi. <laughs> <laughs> don't need to know that man <laughs> uh, that's, that's what happens when you know people that you do business with, hey, I look, guess. we keep it profesh but that's young hop okay indeed <laughs> indeed so there's that get your money right please check those podcasts you, if you've uh if you've not listened to them yet check those podcasts out and also just on an interesting note just to phase out on this we mentioned not too long ago like at the end of last year 2016 that the elephants were being retired i think i mentioned it because uh, sea World from was, the circus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sea World is uh uh they phased out their whale the whale exhibit or show Word. which is what Christy mentioned and I mentioned that the elephants were being phased out of Ringling Brothers and now Ringling Brothers is now going out of business after over shut that shit down yep. Yep. which is crazy to think that over a century in business and that they said they were already. Uh, experiencing financial difficulties before they retired the elephants, but once they did that, it was an even steeper decline. They couldn't uh, maintain; they were hemorrhaging too much money. I have a question as to whether what you could have saved. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you have to like pair some things back. You can't save everything, but that's what they chose to do. That's their money. That's the way they want to go. So you have until May 2017 to get in Ringling Brothers show, ladies and gentlemen. It's an end of an era, a very long era. What about the Universal Circus? Uh, they're the, still around. They're still going. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're still, still around. Okay. They're still around. Just do go better. to that one. Go do, to that one. Do better, people. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going on safari. That's it. There, there's that, too. But, I mean, South well, Africa. Circus ain't always like about animals, South though. South I mean, Animals, I mean, there's clowns being shot out of cannons. Oh, I don't want to see no Jumping clowns. out of, like, you know. I don't want no parts Very of small cars. There's a clown in the White House. Just turn on, uh, <laughs> you know, turn on C-SPAN. You see a clown every day. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that orange like paint on his face and everything. I like Cirque du Soleil. Like Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, Soleil. I don't like the ticket prices, but I definitely want to go. Eh, you gotta pay sometimes. Yeah, I, I definitely gotta go. Yeah. So, all flipping, right, flipping in the curtains, as I call it. Speaking of curtains, we're about to close the curtains on this show because <laughs> <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, as usual, we will probably keep chattering over here. And please feel free to click around the website. And if you are not up to date with all of our podcasts, do yourself a favor. Go back to October. Start there. <laughs> Get informed. We're going to keep this going. Thank you so much for joining us. Closing out the show. It's me, Takia, a.k.a. T. Rich. It's your boy, Slim Williams, a.k.a. S-double. S-double. A.k.a. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Bennett III, a.k.a. DaVinci Parks. Also Air. want to remind you that uh, we are available on iTunes uh, in the podcast section. Uh, Google, we'll type in Flash slash Black. Uh, the website, flashblackradio.com. We're on Google Play, but I'm kind of sketchy on that right now. We'll be coming yeah, up on SoundCloud soon. And uh, yeah, please continue to check us out and also check us out in the Facebook group. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. God thank bless. Thank you. Peace. Peace. That was, that was a good show. Though. Oh, it was good. It was, it was good. Yeah. It was good. Good to talk about the dichotomy and the two events that yeah. happened. One, it's almost one like it was like cosmically aligned for yeah. those things that happen back to back. So you can't say it's a span of time between the two. Like, well, it's just like, you know. It's a different time, period of time. Like, no, they were like less than 20 pounds apart. Maybe Ringling Brothers can like make some sort of agreement with Donald Trump. <laughs> we have a circus every yeah, day. Well, they, 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 they have a ringmaster. I don't know if the ringmaster is Spicer. I think he's the ringmaster. Uh.